And now for a segment called Just Something I've Noticed, brought to you by our friends at Motel 6. Just something I've noticed. We don't give enough credit to signs, and we really should. That sign over there tells you great French fries. That sign over there tells you this is your exit. And look at that legendary sign. It's the Motel 6 sign. It tells you a great night's rest at a great price. Book online at motel6.com. And use the code CPREDEYE to get 15% off your stay at Motel 6 or Studio 6. With almost 1,500 locations across the country, there's almost always a Motel 6 or Studio 6 nearby. Look for the signs. And truck parking is available at most locations. Enjoy a clean, comfortable room at a great price when you use the code CPREDEYE. That's the letter CP. Red Eye, all one word, for 15% off your stay at Motel6.com. That's a great deal. And that's just something I've noticed. Brought to you by Motel 6. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show from the Uniden America Studios. This is Red Eye Radio. All across America and around the world, we are Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Hurley and I'm Gary McNamara. Well, this happened last night. Uh Governor Ron DeSantis. Former Vice President Mike Pence. Former South Carolina Governor Nikki Haley. Former New Jersey Governor Chris Christie. South Carolina Senator Tim. <laughs> I hear the boots come in for Christie. That's <laughs> <laughs> so funny. Uh, yes, we've... I actually predicted that the other night. I was you only halfway tongue in cheek because we were making the joke about uh, that, that he would. We were making the point that he would likely go after Trump, and in that audience, he's probably going to get some booze for that. And I said, no, I'm just kidding. He'll get booze starting when he's introduced. <laughs> I was right. I mean, it was entertaining. It was. There were really some entertaining uh, moments yesterday. Yeah. Let, let's yeah. hear this one. All right. Let me take a brief moment and talk about the elephant not in the room. Former President Trump has been indicted in four different states on 91 counts. He will be processed tomorrow in Georgia at the Fulton County Jail for charges relating to the 2020 election loss. You all signed a pledge to support the eventual Republican nominee. If former President Trump is convicted in a court of law, would you still support him as your party's choice? Please raise your hand if you would. Just hold on. So just to be clear, Governor Christie, you were kind of late to the game there, but you raised your hand. No, I'm doing this. Look, look, I'm doing this. And I know this. you didn't. Whoa, whoa, no. Come, watch and the look. Look, look, here's the here's the bottom line. Someone's got to stop normalizing this conduct. Okay. Now, and now, whether or not, whether or not you believe that the criminal charges are right or wrong. The conduct 
is beneath the office of President of the United States. And, and, and you know, this is the great thing about this country. Booing is allowed, but it doesn't change the truth. It doesn't change the truth. Mr. Ramaswamy, you raise your hand supporting. No. I'd like to okay. get in and respond. Let's just speak the truth, okay? President Trump, I believe, was the best president of the 21st century. It's a fact. And Chris Christie, honest to God, your claim that Donald Trump is motivated by vengeance and grievance would be a lot more credible if your entire campaign were not based on vengeance and grievance against one man. And if people at home want to see a bunch of people blindly bashing Donald Trump without an iota of vision for this country, they could just change the channel to MSNBC right now. But I'm not running for president of MSNBC. I am running for president of the United States. We're skating on thin ice, and we cannot set a precedent where the party in power uses police force to indict its political opponents. It is wrong. We have to end the weaponization of justice in this country. 30 seconds, Governor DeSantis. No, no, I'm sorry. 30 seconds, Governor You make me laugh because you you sit here in an answer. You sit here in an answer right You sit here and answer. Go ahead, Governor Christie. Hold on, Governor Christie. Hold on. Well, so listen, the more time we spend doing this, the less time they can talk about issues you want to talk about. So let's just get through this section. Governor Christie. You, You sit here talking about how you want to stand up for the rule of law. Yes. And law and order. And the fact is that it can't be selective. In your book, you had much different things to say about Donald Trump than you're saying here tonight. That's and, not true. Well, it is very true. That is not it's true. It's very true. I read it. Because and I know. the difference look, between I, bad no, behavior and illegal behavior, way, Chris. And you as a prosecutor way, should know yeah, better. Yeah, I, you know what? I know a lot There's better. There's a difference between I bad know. behavior. And I- there you go. I mean, it was, I mean, nothing got accomplished after that. It was no, just the, yeah. you know, the, the, yeah. the, the back and, and, uh, and, and forth. And that's why, you know, uh, earlier I said, uh, now, again, it has to be put in its proper context. Uh, Ramaswamy won because most people don't know who he is. Mm -hmm. You know, you see, uh, as a Hutchinson was there and really didn't make much of an impact. Um, uh, Bergram on the other end really didn't make much of an impact. Uh, Yeah, most people thought he was an usher. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Uh, Tim Scott had a few things to say, but really wasn't a part of the vibrant debate. People know who he is. We know who Ramaswamy is, and probably most of our listeners do. But the general public and a lot of Republicans really haven't paid attention. He was really introduced to the nation last night, mm-hmm. and people went, who is this guy? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not the sure. Beltway, but as you and I have found out, and we talked about this on yesterday's show. You will, and you will next year too. Will you will get to whether, whether we have any debates then or not? Still to be seen, but it will be a week out, and there will be people that will be complaining that there are no debates because they just don't know. We, I, you know, I've looked at everything, and I don't know the difference between. Uh, uh, Joe Biden and Donald Trump, they're both the exact same to me. Well, of course, they're not, but they will say that. 
And you have to realize there's a significant portion out there. And that's why I think he'll probably get a bump of a couple of points. It's not going to be anything probably major. But uh, he was quite energetic. I did say, I did tell you the one time he had his like hands up in the air uh, and his mouth was open. And I mm. went, Beavis. Because <laughs> he did look like yeah. he was very, very animated. <laughs> and I know we read the one guy from National Review that said, what was the, what did he put it? Uh, painlessly young. Yeah, or painfully. Painfully yeah. young. Yeah. Painfully, not painlessly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yes, exactly. Painfully young. I didn't see that. No, I, now, I, now, I think I, what I think what that what they were trying to make is is the fact that his energy is so you know what it is. It's it is younger energy, and and maybe that was you know too big for the room. I can see someone thinking that. I don't know that that is a big driver. I don't think that that turns people off. Yeah, it 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 doesn't for me. Then again, with you and I, it's so so much of what you and I go by. We understand. Well, if anybody listens to the show, you know we have our opinions, which are mostly ba- most of them are well, all of them are based on the substance of where you stand. Mm-hmm. But we can analyze a debate and know one thing that I do know is. Things that make me want to vote for a candidate don't make other people wish to vote for a candidate. Right. I know personality is very, very big. Mm-hmm. I know tone is 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 very, very big for a lot of uh, people. I really don't care. I don't care if Ramaswamy is, you know, excitable. It's is he electable, mm-hmm. and does he stand closer on the issues than, you know, to, to me than any other candidate. And the same. Then goes for Christie. I mean, anything that we have said about any of the candidates, including Donald Trump, all of it is based on where they stand on the issues and what they have said on the issues and whether they have confidence, even if they believe in a particular issue, whether they will really fight for that issue when they become president. That's it. And now for a segment called Just Something I've Noticed, brought to you by our friends at Motel 6. Just Something I've Noticed. There's a lot more yawning these days. Have you noticed that? Yeah. And the bad thing about yawning, it's contagious. Now, I'm not a scientist, but I do know that's true. You see somebody else yawn, all of a sudden, you got to yawn. Do you know what helps to curtail the yawning? How about a great night's rest at Motel 6? Book online at motel6.com. Use the code CPREDEYE to get 15% off your stay at Motel 6 or Studio 6. With almost 1,500 locations across the country, there's almost always a Motel 6 or Studio 6 nearby. And truck parking is available at most locations. Enjoy a clean, comfortable room at a price you will love when you use the code CP Red Eye. That's the letters CP Red Eye, all one word, for 15% off your stay at Motel 6 and help curtail the yawning. That's just something I've noticed. Brought to you by Motel 6. The next time you're on Interstate 80, stop in and see the folks at the Iowa 80 Truck Stop at Exit 284 in Walcott, Iowa. They're always open and ready to serve you. Enjoy a sit-down meal at the Iowa 80 Kitchen or grab a bite from one of their nine quick-serve restaurants. You'll love their clean restrooms, huge gift store, beautiful convenience store, and, of course, the Super Truck Showroom stocked with plenty of chrome, lights, and more. While you're there... Don't forget to visit the Iowa 80 Trucking Museum next door. It's free. 
The entire team at the Iowa 80 is very excited to celebrate 60 years with you. They look forward to being your home away from home for another 60 years. Sending you a giant thank you from Iowa 80, the world's largest truck stop on I-80, exit 284 in Walcott, Iowa. Iowa 80. I don't care about the personalities. Presidents come and go. Talk show hosts come and go. It's the ideas that have kept this nation going for over 240 years. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the ideas that do it. It's and and they are greater than the men who promote them. Not that the men and women that promote those ideas aren't great, but it's the ideas that are long lasting where the true greatness of this country is, which is the Constitution of the United States, as we know. That's the ideas put on paper. Yeah, sure. So, uh, but, so when I see that, it's like, really? Sometimes I'm, sometimes I'm I'm a little shocked. I'm like, oh, you, you really have, you, you really looked at that and that was, you know, that's what you got out of it. And I just, I just did, but I know people look at things differently. I thought this was a very strong point from Nikki Haley. We mm. played this earlier. It's worth playing again because mm-hmm. she goes after Republicans and she goes after Donald Trump. And I think big time on this issue to no booze at all. None. Mm-hmm. You didn't hear anything. And it was on spending. So you better, Haley. So why are you better positioned to turn around this economy that we've heard all of these voters talking about tonight? Then Mr. Ramaswamy, who is a successful entrepreneur nationally right now, He's beating you in the polls. Well, I don't care about polls. What I care about the fact is that no one is telling the American people the truth. The truth is that Biden didn't do this to us. Our Republicans did this to us, too. When they passed that $2.2 trillion COVID stimulus bill, they left us with 90 million people on Medicaid, 42 million people on food stamps. No one has told you how to fix it. I'll tell you how to fix it. They need to stop the spending. They need to stop the borrowing. They need to eliminate the earmark that the Republicans brought back in, and they need to make sure they understand these are taxpayer dollars, it's not their dollars. And while they're all saying this, you have Ron DeSantis, you've got Tim Scott, you've got Mike Pence, they all voted to raise the debt, and Donald Trump added $8 trillion to our debt. And our kids are never going to forgive us for this. And so at the end of the day, you look at the 2024 budget, Republicans asked for $7.4 billion in earmarks. Democrats asked for $2.8 billion. So you tell me who are the big spenders. I think it's time for an accountant in the White House. Vice President Pence. There you go. And there was a big cheer at the end. Mm-hmm. There wasn't one boo when she said Donald Trump added $8 trillion to the deficit. And, and you would have heard it as she was saying it. Yeah. Not just at the end, you likely would have heard that, which means everyone there was in agreement about where we are fiscally as a nation. In that room, they were. Well, as you know, as I've said across the board, because you and I have had this conversation all the time, and we've we've had it on the off the air and on the air, and uh, that so many of the Trump supporters that I know, and I mean, you meet them, and they've got the Trump shirt on, the Trump hat, Trump, Trump, Trump. Every single one of them knows Trump's weak points. Every one of them Mm -hmm, knew, mm -hmm. every one of them knew when Donald Trump acted more like a Democrat. They knew it. Yeah. They knew it. They accepted it. They will still vote for him, but they understand it. And I think that was, 
a key right there because we always wonder, are Republicans ignorant and blocking it out? It showed right there. They're not blocking it out. They right. know the fiscal situation, and they know that Republicans are also part of the blame. Yeah. Including people that many in the Republican Party have practiced political uh, ideology over. Yeah, sure. Uh, excuse me, idolatry. Not ideology. Yeah. Idolatry over. And, and Trump is one of those rare candidates that you have seen that type of political idolatry. Mm-hmm. Obama's another one from the Democrat side. And so um, uh, it's not that they're ignorant. They know. And I think that was a very telling moment last night. Yeah, I, you know, it will be interesting to see where the party goes on the issues or each of their, the, each of the candidates goes based on what they're seeing and, and what that support is along the way. The polls, what's interesting is, I want to see what the polls show after the first debate or two. Everybody's waiting for that. Any shift that's going on there. You didn't see DeSantis make any real noise last night. On the border, he made a solid point on the border. But as with a lot of those points, how much is preaching to the choir and how much of it just elevates them? Because everybody in that room you can say, uh, is concerned about the nation's debt and spending. They're concerned about the border. They're concerned about all these issues. As you pointed out, they're side by side on the issues. What changes anything for them that has them on the rise? For Ramaswamy, it's likely been some of the interviews he's been doing, some of the things he's been saying. I don't know how much money he's spent recently, if any, but he's gotten pretty good exposure. But it's not a massive rise. His numbers are improving, but it's not a massive rise. DeSantis, quite the opposite. And so where is that surge that has one of them really breaking out? That typically doesn't happen until others start to drop out. But where will it be and who will it be? If anyone, they're going to have to convert the Trump base in order to get that nomination. That's an Everest of a mountain to climb. 86690 Red Eye. What is the outlook regarding our nation's peach crop? Lance Hodick of USDA's National Agricultural Statistics Service begins with an assessment of California's crop this season. A little too much rainfall, believe it or not. Cooler than normal temperatures, that's not great for the crop. Leading to a 7% reduction in total peach production, with freestone variety production expected to be down 4% from the previous forecast and clingstone production down 12% from the prior forecast. Meanwhile, in the southeast, both South Carolina and Georgia dealt with some freeze situations, resulting in production reductions of 66% in South Carolina and 78% in Georgia. The result for U.S. peach production this year? Peach production expected to be off 13.2%. That's the lowest production in more than 15 years. I'm Rod Bain reporting for the U.S. Department of Agriculture in Washington, D.C. This report is made possible by Cenex Roadmaster XL Premium Diesel. 
and Sitco Lubricants. Coming up, more with Gary McNamara and Eric Harley. It's Red Eye Radio. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Harley, and I'm Gary McNamara. Good morning. Uh, Donald Trump will be arraigned today uh, in Atlanta. Yeah, so I, his mugshot will be everywhere. But get ready for that because the mugshot is going to just plaster the Internet. You know, I saw the Giuliani and the um, Sidney Powell yeah. mugshot yesterday. I, I still sit back and... And it's not about this case because this this case that they're they're, they're throwing at uh, them, I, I believe, is is a bogus case. Yeah. But I still, every time I see Sidney Powell and Giuliani, I still shake my head when it, because their lawsuits are still pending on um, Dominion and Smartmatic. Right. And for the life of me, I mean, they were outright lying on those. Right. Right. And, and to life of me, I've never understood that. Never, you know, you and I looked at Sidney Powell, especially with the, um, oh, what, uh, the, uh, can't think of his name. Oh, the uh, Sidney Powell for the. Uh, uh, oh, Michael. Michael um, Flynn. Flynn. Michael, when Michael she was Flynn Michael case, Flynn's yeah. lawyer and she did a great job. And yeah. all of a sudden, I mean, she got so radical with the Trump campaign actually kicked her off when she was talking about the bribes that uh, the governor and she had evidence that the governor and the. Uh, uh, Secretary of State were taking bribes. I forgot whether it was Smartmatic or Dominion. I yeah. can't remember. Yeah. Well, with, and it was like what? It well, and it with with her. You might be able to convince me that aliens are here and that they're occupying occupying the bodies, taking over the bodies of other humans. Yeah. Because I can't explain the the difference in the in those two Sydney yeah. Powells. Right now, that has nothing to do with this case. No, no, which I believe no, is both, I mean, and that's a civil case. Mm-hmm. That's a civil case, and none of this should be criminalized. But I'll tell you what: Trump needs to be worried with that employee number four that flipped at Mar-a-Lago on the documents case. On the documents yeah. case, yeah. And also, Mark Meadows apparently mm-hmm. testifying that he was leaving that Iran war plan just laying around. Right. That's not good. Mm-hmm. hours a night and still not enough listen to our podcast available on the app and on our website red show.com and he's eric carley and i'm gary mcnamara yeah so on the documents case there where you saw that the i think it's the i one of the the, the texts that work for him apparently flipped now what he flipped on i don't mm. know but he said the original statement was a false statement and he wished to redo it when he changed attorneys and then the the story that came out that Mark Meadows said, yeah, Trump left the Iran top secret war document just laying around on a couch. That That's not good. I'm saying that's not good in the fact that he's more likely to be uh, successfully prosecuted on that. Now, we both believe this should have never gotten to this point that the uh, archives and whoever should have just worked out with him and come to a conclusion on this because 
They didn't prosecute Hillary Clinton, and she wasn't president of the United States. Uh, we see nothing coming from the special counsel on uh, on on Joe Biden, and we also know when uh, you know remember the Sandy Berger case actually going into the archives and taking out yeah. top secret documents. Man, yeah. so Clinton looked good. We we know the history of it, and so it's a clear case of a two tier uh, justice system. If Trump is guilty with what he did. There was also no underlying crime. Right. But if he did do it, absolute stupidity on his part. And you're like, well, then why'd you do it? Spite? But the fact is those two things hurt him because that is the one case that has teeth to it. Yeah, Whether if- you believe it's fair yeah. or not because others have done it, is besides the point. Yeah. Well, and that's that's the question is is uh what what does the prosecution have in terms of evidence that rises to criminal behavior? Even with the Mark Meadows uh comment or statement. What do what do they have as evidence aside from him saying, "All right, it's out in the open," okay? A former president who is careless with the documents and you're going to go at him with the violation, I guess, of the Espionage Act. What are you going to use as your, you know, is are you going solely based on what people are saying, what they saw, or where is that burden of proof? And I don't know. I don't know in a mm-hmm. in a jury setting where that line is because you get the right jury and or the wrong jury and it oh, goes one way or the right. other. All you, all you need is one. My point was not a conclusive statement. Mm-hmm. It was the direction is the wrong direction. Mm-hmm. That's why it's not good for the president. Yeah. Well, because there, that's the one that's the one where clear, there's no freedom of speech issues there. Yeah. Right. You know, there may be you know, you, you may talk about the Presidential Records Act and try to use that, but it's more of a two-tier s- system where they don't prosecute, but they will prosecute the people they wish to prosecute. So if you look at the, you know, the order about talking about the case in the other case, and if that stands, did they do him a political favor? By giving him the, I can't talk about it, based on a court order, excuse. Because one of the things that I think really is, I think what has greater harm potential for him is the political effect of where the defense might go in and out of the courtroom because he's going to be his own defense lawyer in the court of public opinion on these cases. He's going to be answering questions and interviews Unless he sticks to that, any you know, in the one case, whatever the court uh, ultimately decides whether he can talk about it or not. So there's your political effect. There is the real danger, I believe, for him because I think we've we've been asking the question this week: How do you convert his base? How do you erode his numbers for any of the the other candidates? 
that were on the stage last night, how does that change in a big way? Could his telling of the story stories ultimately harm him, and it just depends on where they go. If the if the defense is weak in, you know, in whatever, then you could see some political harm. I don't see that happening, but I can't tell the future. Well, I the the only thing I think is if as you get closer, because as I mentioned before, every and I'm talking about the Trump supporters that I have met, you know, with the you know, the Trump shirts, the Trump hats, the Trump mm-hmm. pins when he, when I meet them and it's Trump, 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 Trump. And then you say, then you start saying, OK, what about some of the other candidates? And we'll tell you what they don't like about them. Mm-hmm. And then you get into, all right, um, will independents vote for him and is he electable? And they even know there's a problem there. Yeah, they sure. know there's a problem there. And and so they haven't addressed it where they will switch their vote yet mm-hmm. but you have had more of an evolution of more people over the last year republicans that have mm-hmm. right and and so that would be i don't think anything you know as i've said uh if i was running and it was my job to attack trump i would hit him on fauci covid lockdowns his support of the vaccine um i would uh uh, hit him on uh, supporting the Lordstown electric vehicle plant mm. and compare him, say he's just like any Democrat there. Fair enough. I'm not talking what's fair, and I'm not talking about 100% truth. I'm talking about what you attack somebody on. Yeah, because, yeah, right. Because uh, the, some of the COVID stuff, I believe, is unfair. The EV stuff's not unfair. He promoted the Lordstown. This yeah. is the kind of plant we need. That's an issue. Well, yeah. well that, that's a huge issue. The ethanol subsidy issue is a huge issue because he's admitted, I will subsidize, basically he's been blunt. I want to subsidize ethanol because it'll get me elected. So I'll pay people, I'll pay farmers so I can get their vote. He's not even saying that ethanol is needed. It's simply, (laughs) I pay the farmers, they vote for me. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's not what conservatives are really, you know, looking for. So I would hit, and I'm not, out of turn in any way, he's been blunt with that statement. Mm-hmm. In fact, didn't he say that in 2016? Uh, when he got the sub, when he promoted the subsidies, says because you can't get, you can't win Iowa. Yeah, unless you, yeah. unless you. Well, promote he was going it. after Ted Cruz, saying right. you can't, and it turns out Ted Cruz won Iowa. He won Iowa, yeah. yeah so. And so those would be some of the things that I would that I would hit him on, but I don't know if you're going to hit him on an issue. And, and you saw Nikki Haley didn't get booed when she said mm-hmm. Donald Trump racked up eight trillion dollars in debt. Mm-hmm. There were no boos. Mm-hmm. And so Trump supporters, even though they're not dumb, they know what's going on. They right. still support their candidate. I think they're hopeful that something will change. But I haven't met one that does not understand the fact that. If he's the nominee, that you can't get independents to vote for him. And I, we, mm-hmm. I, a couple of emails today. Well, it's the same thing. Uh, we're going to be in this problem as long as people are upset with mean tweets. Said, well, as we've always said before, your job as a politician in the Republican Party is to win. If you knew the mean tweets were bad and you were being told the mean tweets were bad, 
and your polling showed you the mean tweets hurt, stop the mean tweets. Well, because it's not like you're saying, well, they hate him because he's promoting austerity. When austerity would benefit the nation. Right. You're saying, well, they just don't like his tweets. Well, what purpose do they serve? If they if they were tweets only about austerity. Let's imagine right, he, right. he goes back to X, formerly known as Twitter. By the way, that's in every article now. <laughs> I know. On X, formerly known as Twitter. And he went there, and all he's going to promote is one issue. I think this will help us, and this is what we need to do. And then everybody's, oh, no, we don't like that. We don't. Okay, well, that's very different. So what does the behavior serve is the question. Now, if people don't have a problem with it because they're like, yeah, I don't care. I really don't care. I don't behave that way, but I don't care that he behaves that way because he's getting the job done. At yeah, the I didn't. I didn't. It didn't bother me at all. It didn't bother you. No, I, I no. It, you know, but it does. Do do you do you as a politician? Is it your responsibility to recognize, not change your not change your opinion? No, not compromise. Not not compromise on the opinion, but to change the tone. Right. If it gets you the win. Or is the tone and the satisfaction of an insult more important than winning an election? Right. As we asked back then and ticked off a lot of Trump supporters when we said that, mm-hmm. but it's the truth. Right. Politicians' job is to win, not to insult. Well, and you... Right? Have, yeah. or, or maybe it isn't. I And we understand because we went through when, when uh, Trump won the first time, the eight different demographics had voted for him, and there's one demographic that said... Trump, no matter what, even if it destroys the Republican Party because the Republican Party needs to be destroyed. How much of that exists today, I don't know. Right. Yeah. Well, and, you know, you heard the uh, the booze for uh, Chris Christie mm-hmm. when he talked about, you know, we need to come to terms that we can no longer accept this behavior. It was in the wake of the question or the, I don't know, the polling, the onstage polling, if he's if he's convicted, will you still support him? Raise your hand. So it was in the wake. It wasn't just about decorum in that moment. So I can't put all of those boos under the whole I we need decorum thing because he has been, Chris Christie has been critical of this, uh, uh, of, of Trump's behavior when it comes to the indictments and saying, what was he saying? The at, at uh, some time at the end of July, early August, he said something about the Corleone family or something, you know, and he yeah. was talking about his behavior there. And, so and also showed his support for Christopher Ray that he would keep as FBI right. director, and so which he's, is a huge he's, issue. Oh, yeah, so he's he's folding in not just decorum, but saying that some of this stuff uh, on, on, on Trump being charged with these things is warranted and rises to the point of, he, of him being a mobster. And he's said that in the past. So some of those boos were earned in that respect. So it is about decorum for for plenty of people on the right. But I think a lot of people have, have just said, eh, decorum's out the window, scorched her. <laughs> I just like, and Christy earned some of his boos. Oh, earned, yeah. He earned them. Oh, the no, boos. no. <laughs> he, he earned them. 
when you were playing the audio cut earlier, I almost booed. <laughs> oh, wait, wait a minute. It's not live. He can't hear me. Never mind. <laughs> 866-90-RED-EYE. Lines open for your calls. 866-90-RED-EYE on Red Eye Radio. Camara. What will frustrate me the most is if we get to next year and the Republicans don't win, no matter who the candidate is, especially when landslide numbers on the issues. Here's an example. Uh, Latest permitting uh, uh, reform poll was done. And listen to some of these numbers here. All right. Uh, Should permitting reform, uh, permitting reform can pave the way for a more diverse energy portfolio supporting the growth of clean energy sources like wind, solar, nuclear, natural gas, and hydropower. Is that a convincing argument? Would you agree with that? 91% agree, 9% disagree. The U.S. has been blessed with an abundant natural resources. Permitting reform is necessary to unlock the vast potential of American-made energy and restore the United States as a net exporter of energy. 90% agree with that. 10% do not. Mm. Through permitting reform, we can seize uh, the transformative potential of natural gas, harnessing its abundant and cleaner energy to drive our nation towards a sustainable future while reducing carbon emissions. 89% agree with that. 11% does not. Mm. It's something that we have talked about, the insanity of the Democrats. And you can see that the majority of Democrats are against what the Democrats are doing right now on the grid. Because this is about, we don't don't talk about oil here because this is about oil. It's not going to be, you know, that's not going to be a major uh, energy source for for, uh, electricity. Right. It'll still be their vehicles, whatever. But, and they, that's just... Uh, three of the questions, I asked like about 100 different questions mm-hmm. on permitting reform. And every single one, landslide numbers, Americans saying, nope. And I actually looked at, you know, who they polled. They actually, I think, polled a higher number of Democrats than I thought was necessary. Landslide, overwhelming. Overwhelming. More than nine yep. out of ten. Yeah. Crazy. This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. Hey guys, welcome to the Candy Valentino Show. I'm Candy Valentino. I was a founder before I could legally order a drink. And for more than two and a half decades, I've built, scaled, acquired, and exited multiple businesses in diverse industries. Now my goal is to help you by sharing the knowledge that I've learned, the mistakes that I've made, and the wisdom that I've developed over my journey. Bi-weekly episodes every Monday and Thursday. The Candy Valentino Show, wherever you listen. Every story eventually comes to an end. This June, hear the final episode of Season 2 of the hit podcast series, In the Red Clay, Durham. In the Red Clay tells the unbelievable true story of Billy Sunday Burt, the most dangerous man in Georgia history. In the podcast that people are calling riveting, incredibly moving, captivating, and addicting. Binge Seasons 1 and 2 of In the Red Clay now, wherever you listen.